Jesus Christ is the light of the world. The light no darkness can overcome. Stay with us, Lord, for it is evening, and the day is almost over. Let your light scatter the darkness and illumine your church. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Holy and gracious God, I confess that I have sinned against you this day. Some of my sin I know, the thoughts and words and deeds of which I am ashamed, but some is known only to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, I ask forgiveness. Deliver and restore me, that I may rest in peace. By the mercy of God, we are redeemed by Jesus Christ and Him crucified. In His stead and by His command, I forgive you all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Isaiah, the 62nd chapter, verses 1 through 5. For Zion's sake I will not keep silence, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not be quiet, until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and her salvation as a burning torch. The nations shall see your righteousness and all the kings your glory, and you shall be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give you. You shall be a crown of beauty in the land of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. 
you shall no more be termed forsaken, and your land shall no more be termed desolate, but you shall be called, my delight is in her, and your land married, for the Lord delights in you, and your land shall be married. For as a young man marries a young woman, so shall your sons marry you, and as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle lesson from the fourth chapter of Second Timothy. Alexander the coppersmith did me great harm. The Lord will repay him according to his deeds. Beware of him yourself, for he strongly opposed our message. At my first defense, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me. May it not be charged against them. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And so I was rescued from the lion's mouth, and the Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. We stand in respect of Christ, of whom the Holy Gospel is read. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 27th chapter. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Ele, Ele, lama sabachthani, that is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, This man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge and filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the other said, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. This is the gospel of our Lord. Deliver me, O Lord, my God, for you are the God of my salvation. Rescue me from my enemies. Protect me from those who rise against me. In you, O Lord, do I put my trust. Lead me not, O Lord, my God. Rescue me from my enemies, protect me from those who rise against me. Deliver me, O Lord my God, for you are the God of my salvation. Rescue me from my enemies, protect me from those who Catechetical Confession from Luther's Small Catechism, the Lord's Prayer section, the third petition. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does this mean? The good and gracious will of God is done even without our prayer, but we pray in this petition that it may be done among us also. And how is God's will done? God's will is done when he breaks and hinders every evil plan and purpose of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature, 
which do not want us to hallow God's name or let his kingdom come. And when he strengthens and keeps us firm in his word and faith until we die, this is his good and gracious will.
grace and mercy and peace be yours from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Our text tonight is from the Gospel reading, where St. Matthew tells us now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over all the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And this is our text for this evening's Lenten meditation. Dear friends, it is high noon, according to the text, high noon. And yet an ominous darkness spreads over the whole land. And this one is a unique darkness, but make no mistake about it, it is a real darkness. Well evident and undeniable enough to be recorded in the secular archives of Roman history by the ancient Dionysius, who upon observing the supernatural phenomenon in Heliopolis in Egypt, is reported to have exclaimed this telling word. He said, either God himself is suffering or he mourns over the sad condition of a great sufferer. In these Lenten weeks, we've been talking about words. And Dionysius, I think, said it well. The darkness speaks. The darkness speaks. And it helps to explain the word that we hear echoing from the cross tonight. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Tonight it is that fourth word of our Lord from his cross that we ponder, that we consider. A word so full of anguish, so hollow with loneliness. But first the Father speaks. First, God the Father speaks. But what does he say? Indeed, what does he say? Because there are no fatherly words bellowing from heaven as they had before to validate this one, this, this only begotten as his son. No words from heaven to tell the world how pleased he is with him. There is no audible heavenly portal of the kind that that would, as, as it had in times past at the baptism of our Lord on the, the Mount of Transfigured Glory, no heavenly portal, audible heavenly portal of the kind that would seem to draw heaven that much closer to earth or the Father that much closer to us. Indeed, there was nothing. Nothing but darkness. Darkness, the color and the hue of absence. Heaven indeed seemed to be in retreat, and so too creation. In the beginning, with his word, the Father had illumined the world and scattered the darkness, saying, let there be the light. But now, this day, at the very hour when the sunlight would be in its glory, his word now hides the world in the shadows. And under the cloak of darkness, even the sun's rays have abandoned their course. In a distant and a far off way, but very truly, the Father speaks. The Father speaks, but it's the sound of silence. Friends, that's what being forsaken sounds like. Silence. 
hollow, empty silence. Maybe your life has known a similar sound of being forsaken here in, in, the, in the earthly things below. The silence of forsaken, the silence that you, you hear when the desertion or the abandonment of a spouse leaves the rooms of your house without the familiar noise of togetherness and laughter and unity and camaraderie, conversation. All of these that the walls of your house once enjoyed. It's the silence that perhaps you might hear if if your sons or daughters or siblings or other family members or friends have, have forsaken all conversation and communication, either with each other or perhaps with you, because of some rift that has yet to be reconciled. Sound of silence is what you hear when your loved one, perhaps a longtime husband or or wife or family member of some sort, with a loved one with whom you've shared countless moments side by side, with, with a loved one cheek to cheek or arm in arm. The silence when a loved one is taken from you, taken from this world, leaving you a a feeling And that sense of forsaken. Perhaps it was at the fault of another. Perhaps it was at your own fault. Or perhaps it was simply due to the the collective fault of mankind's sin. Perhaps because of these your life has known those earthly moments of feeling forsaken. A bit of a lighter example perhaps. Though I think to the point I can recall as a young boy enjoying one vacation with the family. Swimming at a hotel Swimming pool. This was before we moved here to California. We were all, I guess, a bit younger. The children of the family were still of the age where none of us, being as young as we were, couldn't swim. And so we relied heavily on our father for our buoyancy. We took turns sliding down the swimming pool slide and splashing there into the water, splashing really into the strength of of his arms, waiting there for us. But one time... One time, one of us jumped the gun and slid down too soon. While my father was still helping others out of the pool. Now, I'm not going to tell you which one of us it was, but I can tell you exactly what he was thinking. (laughs) It was the longest couple seconds of his short life. Seconds that were really full of fear. And I mean full of Fear because bobbing up and down, he could see that his father's back was turned to him. It was turned because he, again, it was his fault. He, he had jumped the gun. His father was still helping out a sibling from the pool. But he could see that his, that his father's back was turned and he didn't realize that he was there. It's a scary moment. Though, through the gasps and the gulps, cries were heard. And the strong arms, they drew that little flounderer near to him. And oh, to feel that security and that safety. We may have known a sense of forsakenness or the fear of helplessness. But my friends, whatever it's been, none, and I mean none, none, has known the horror of those three hours, those three forsaken hours, Helpless hours, dark hours of Christ Jesus alone and abandoned there only with our sin on the cross. A gasp and a plea goes up 
A gasp and a plea goes up to his father, but, but there is silence. A prayer ascends, but the father's back is turned intentionally away. This is what being forsaken sounds like. This is what being abandoned by the father looks like. This is what your sin, let's be honest, and quite frank, what your sin and what my sin in all of its fullness looks like. The prophet Isaiah summed it up for us well when he said, Your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear you. And friends, he did hide his face that day, and he did not hear. This is the reality of all of our sins converging, as one has put it, converging with all of their damning and alienating power, converging though not on us, and that's the point, not on us where they should have gone, but on him who has taken our place, namely Jesus the Christ. I like how the first hymn that we sang tonight put it, in the third verse, because it is that so often we don't think rightly on this sin and on the gravity of it, and the eternal destructive nature of it. In the third verse of that hymn we sang, Ye who look on sin but lightly, nor suppose the evil great, here may view its nature rightly, here its guilt may estimate. Mark the sacrifice, though, appointed, and see who bears the awful load. Tis the word, the Lord's anointed, Son of Man and Son of God. One has said, into this fathomless depth of the mystery of his sufferings we dare not, as indeed we cannot enter it. But I think it's fitting, friends, that we add this. Certainly because of Christ, because he has taken our place, we add that surely indeed we dare not, we cannot, but indeed we need not. We need not ever ever know the depth of being forsaken by the Father. We need never, ever know because he's known it for you and for me. And as we have with each word, each verbal ambassador that we've considered in this Lenten season, as each has each word of our Lord from his cross in this word tonight that we consider, we too see his heart unveiled, his soul unveiled for all to see. Moved by inner turmoil, he was moved by inner turmoil to pray, but he was moved by love to make it audible, so to make it heard. For what other reason would he have cried out audibly the prayer that he most surely ha could have and most certainly did? Speak inwardly and silently, my God, why have you forsaken me? You see, it was for your ears to hear and your minds to cherish and your hearts to embrace. Consider it, friends. In that word, we see a heart that loved us so very much that he was willing to give himself over with, with such abandon to the desert of desertion that you and I had earned for ourselves. What manner of love the Father has for you that he would restrain himself with rushing, from rushing with, 
with arms wide and strong to the aid of his dear son. Indeed, what love he has for you that he would stand by and allow the despondent cry of his precious, dear, and only begotten son to go unanswered, and he did it for you. What a word. My God, why hast thou forsaken me? Christ's hell opened up for you and me our heaven. And so take these words of his home with you today and pack them well into your mind, tuck them into your heart, never ever let them far from you. They're your receipt. They're your assurance that the Father's hollow silence of forsakenness has now indeed been filled with his light-breaking, warm-hearted, Christ-one word of forgiveness and pardon and reconciliation. Take these words with you wherever you go, out these doors tonight and into every day of life, whether it be home or school or work, into wherever and into whatever lies ahead of you. With these words close at hand and in heart, there is no place, no space, no far recess, no dark hour in this world that is or can be God forsaken. Take it from the one who knows, our risen Lord Jesus, who stood ready to ascend visibly from his disciples, but left them with this. He said, Lo, though you may not see me, I am with you always to the end of the age. Be assured, friends, that because the Father closed his ear once to Christ, he now hears you when you cry out. Because he did hide his face from Christ, his face is no longer turned away, no longer hidden, but is turned toward you. In fact, it shines upon you and is gracious toward you. Indeed, he lifts up his countenance upon you. And that's your peace. Friends, hold on to those words of his and his promise which holds ever true. I will never, he says, leave you, nor will I forsake you. Yea, even though we would walk through the valley of the dark shadow of death, we know it. Thou art with me. Forsaken, forsaken. Never has such a despondent word been the comfort and the consolation of so many. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Rise now and sing with me our post-sermon hymn.
Heavenly Father, may we ever recognize your loving heart and the precious words of your Son, dying for our sins and the sins of the whole world. May we see in his holy wounds our eternal refuge, the forgiveness of all of our sins, and the promise of life everlasting. O God, forsake us not. You forsook your Son, your only begotten one, that we might never be forsaken. You abandoned him upon our cross, that through his atoning work you might now be near unto us. By your Holy Spirit, enable us to live in the assurance of your word that you will never leave us nor forsake us, but will always draw near unto us even in life's darkest hours. The Father of mercy, source of all health and life, grant healing to those among us who are ill and suffering or recovering from infirmity or injury or preparing for surgery. Grant compassion to those who are grateful for the health they enjoy, that they might reach out in love and concern in word and in deed to those bearing the burdens of days that are troubled by sickness and disease. O merciful Father, whose guiding hand and whose strong arm has brought us the, to the completion of this day, we now humbly pray you to stay with us, to shelter us in the quiet hours of this night, that we who are wearied by the changes of this passing world may rest in your changeless peace. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who has taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have graciously kept me this day. And I pray that you would forgive me all my sins where I have done wrong and graciously keep me this night. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be and abide with you all. Amen.